Hello, hello, wonderful listeners of Responding to Life podcast. We're back again, and it's Responding to Life. My name is Victoria Katha. Today, we're going to uh, delve into the topic of coping strategies as we kick off the first week of focusing on on, on coping strategies of different aspects of matters mental health now before then i'd like to urge you if you are a first-time listener please do not forget to subscribe and also thank you for coming back to those who are active listeners and have been with us from the first day now with that said let's get right into today's episode First off, we'll start by defining what coping strategies are and their importance. So coping strategies are the intentional efforts to manage, reduce, or tolerate stressful factors, or in other words, stressors, right? These can be from behavioral actions to cognitive techniques that we actively and intentionally put into work so that we can be able to reduce these stressors. They're like tools in mental health, which help us navigate the challenges in a right and healthy way. It's important for me to emphasize on the aspect of, we need to be able to learn how to deal with stressors in a correct and healthy way, so that we don't end up inducing more and more stress into the situations that we already are in. When why are coping strategies so crucial to matters mental health because when we look at life life is never a linear process it's full of uncertainties it's full of difficulties it's full of ups and downs and our ability to effectively cope with these uncertainties help us get to a positive mental health state remember the goal here is to thrive not survive the goal is to be able to deal with matters stress and anxiety and and so on and so forth in the most healthy way possible so this sets a stage for all the coping strategies and all the um issues we're going to address throughout this um series and we are going to provide a roadmap for resilience that will help us bounce back from setbacks and navigate these life challenges that i just mentioned so how do we cope and what coping strategies can we adopt especially in this case for anxiety and panic attacks so what is anxiety and panic attacks anxiety is a common emotion and i know a lot of us are privy to this it's a common emotion that when it becomes overwhelming it can lead to panic attacks it's an emotion of fear and intense fear and leads often to physical symptoms panic attacks are a result of anxiety when we first have to find coping strategies we also first have to recognize these moments in which now it's the first step towards finding effective coping mechanisms so in our previous um episodes we have talked about some signs and symptoms for some of these anxiety and panic attacks and if you go back you'll be able to see this so i won't delve too much into this so number one one coping strategy that is quite essential to helping us um overcome or 
manage anxiety attacks is grounding techniques. When anxiety hits, grounding brings us back to the present. So with grounding, we're talking about breathing techniques. It's very easy to get to a point where you're hyperventilating during panic attacks. And this comes from somebody who knows this very well, right? You focus on the sensory experience and repeating or repeating affirmations that can help you anchor yourself in the present rather than in the fear of what's to come or what was or what has happened. It is important that you ground yourself in what is there now and realizing what is around you, what is surrounding you, and also repeating certain words to yourself and affirmations can really help in this. This helps elevate then the intensity of panic. So remember, whenever anxiety hits, breathe, take whatever breathing technique that works for you. If this means taking deep breaths and focusing, focusing on yourself, focusing on what you're feeling and healthily getting through it, then that will help ground you. Number two, mindfulness and meditation. I know I mentioned this a lot, but in all honesty, it is an invaluable tool, especially on matters anxiety. When you cultivate a mindful awareness of your thoughts, sometimes a chaotic mind is what leads to anxiety and panic. When you get to a point where you can be aware of your thoughts, be aware of calmness and sensations and feelings, everything that you are experiencing and place it at a point where you create a mental space that is calm, that fosters this calmness, regardless of the chaos that is going on on the external. Remember, many of the anxiety and panic attacks do not exactly come from the external. It is the external factors that influence what is already going on in the mind it kind of is a trigger something would happen outside and if you're not able to manage what it's side, what is inside what is outside becomes a trigger to what is already within so it's very very important that what is within is already at a state of you know blocking out whatever factors that can come from outside and you cannot do that with a messy state of mind therefore with mindfulness practicing mindfulness and meditation or prayers whatever it is that you you um identify with practicing this and getting to that place of calmness can really help you in terms of dealing and managing anxiety strategy number three seeking professional support i think i really encourage this a lot because a lot of people do not understand the essence of acknowledging that seeking professional support is a courageous step. Therapists and counselors also provide tailored strategies. And, and the keyword here is tailored because what works for the goose may not work for the gander. One man's meat is another man's poison. We might say this is what will work for you. However, maybe something else would work for you, right? So visiting a therapist or a counselor helps create tailored strategies in the sense that you're able to manage and navigate panic attacks better. 
And because this is particular to you, it will help you specifically through what you're currently going through. So in that sense, let us, I will continue advocating for breaking down the stigma that surrounds seeking help and understanding the benefits of professional guidance because it is quite important to understand that what is a cold to you is not a cold to someone else and maybe when you go to the doctor somebody is prescribed you know flu gone or whatever but somebody else is prescribed something else the same thing happens with mental health you will not be prescribed the same thing because we all experience life in a different way and my fears may not be your fears Somebody else's fears may not be the other person's fears. And this is why it's quite critical to be able to tailor solutions towards what exactly is not working for you. Now, beyond professional support, it is also important to build a supportive system. So this is um, strategy number four. When you also tailor make your people, your friends, the company that you keep, to provide a network of understanding and encouragement, it is important that you also take the active decision to remove anyone and the people who are not necessarily fostering health into you and helping you get through certain things. If you realize that one person is a trigger, guess what? It is important that you also decide this person is a trigger to me and I, do not, I no longer want to be affiliated or associated with this person. It is very critical that we make these hard decisions for our well-being. Not the toxic kind of decisions where you just cut everybody off. Of course not. But fostering and building a network and a support system that is helpful and understanding and encouraging towards, you know, some of the things that you're going through and help eliminate triggers. Final, last but not least, self-care practices. Oh, Lord, I love this one. Because self-care is a cornerstone of coping with anxiety. Engaging in activities that bring you joy, bring you relaxation. For me, this is what brings me relaxation. Being able to share some of these nuggets with you. Being able to discuss some of these, you know, tips and so on and so forth. Sharing my voice and my knowledge. This is what brings me joy. And once I stop, I notice that there are certain things in my life that just don't work out because I feel that I'm stagnant because I'm not evolving because sharing these nuggets also requires research. And I love that. I love learning. I love studying. I love doing all these things. And trust me, that is self-care for me. That is self-care for me. That is growth. My nails are always on check. You know, it can be simple, simple things such as getting your nails done, right? If my nails are not good, guess what? I will have a huge problem problem (laughs) so i mean going for a pedicure going for a walk going for a hike i know one of my people they love hiking so (laughs) there's some who love swimming there's some who love enjoy and engage in the activities that give you joy and relaxation because this fosters mental resilience and and this is how you realize anxiety and panic attacks can be managed and treated in a very positive way and help in terms of prioritizing self-love and overall well-being so as we conclude remember that managing anxiety and panic attacks is a journey we've touched on the grounding techniques mindfulness seeking support 
building a supportive system and the importance of self-care. Join us next week for more insights as in the coming week, we'll be discussing coping strategies for stress and burnout. I hope to see you there. Have a great week. Until then, my name is Victoria Nkata and I have been your host for today's episode.